Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Somebody say, God's watching over me. Every step I take, he's watching over me. Think about that. The steps of a good man, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Every step, he's watching. Nothing escapes God. Nothing. Think about that. Nothing escapes God. He knows everything. And he doesn't forget anything. He knows and he never forgets what he knows. Never. The Bible says over in Hebrews. Why don't you go to Hebrews chapter 6 tonight. In verse 10. It says, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Notice that God is not unjust. He doesn't forget any good thing you have ever done. Think about that. Have you done any good things? Have you done anything in his name? He does not forget it. He does not forget it. The Bible says if he was to forget it, he'd be considered unjust. So he says he's not unjust because he does not forget. He does not forget. You remember over in Mark chapter 9 and in verse 41, Jesus said this. He said, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, assuredly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Say it with you, God doesn't forget anything. He knows everything I've ever done. Now, there are some things, actually, he has forgotten. Hallelujah. There are some things he's actually forgotten. I have to, I have to correct that. And what is that? that? That are the things, or those are the things... That you have repented of. The not so good things. The bad things. The wrong things that you have done. If you've repented for it. Then you are forgiven of it. That's what the blood of Jesus is all about. It removes the stain of sin. And washes you clean. And then he says. I will remember it no more. I will remember it no more. So, you, know, you know, when God says something, he means it. And he says, I will remember it no more. And how do you know all things are possible with God? So when he says, I will remember it no more, then that means he's able to literally remember it no more. He's able to completely erase it from his hard drive. I mean, he just bleaches the thing. I mean, he just, he just washes it. He just wipes it out. And he remembers it no more. So if you were to repeat 
some foolishness. To him, it's the first time you've done it. Because he cannot remember it because he said he wouldn't. So he cannot. He's just. I said he's just. He's not going to lie about it. He speaks the truth. So if he says, I remember it no more, then he cannot. Otherwise, he lied. Otherwise, he's not speaking the truth. But he's not unjust to remember your sins if you've repented of it. If you've confessed them, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he's not unjust to forget the good things you've done and he's not unjust to remember the bad things that you've done and confessed. He's not unjust. He remembers what he says he remembers and he does not remember what he says he does not remember. So now think of how good you look to him right now. Think about how good you look to God right now. If you have confessed your sins, that would mean that's gone. And all there is is this list of things you've sown, good things you've done, every offering you've given, every offering you've given, every tithe, everything you've given in his name. That's what he says, for whoever gives, whoever gives in my name, he says he'll by no means lose his reward. So there's going to be a reward for every good thing you have ever done. Aren't you glad God doesn't overlook things that we've done? He doesn't treat it lightly. You're a big deal to God. I said you're a big deal to him. So he's, he's watching over your every move, every move, every thought. Somebody says, oh, no, I wish you didn't say that. Well, thank God we're learning to set our minds on him. He's working with our thought life to bring it in line with his word. We're renewing our mind with the word of God. <clears throat> but knowing that God is aware of all these things, and he doesn't... He doesn't treat these things lightly. Neither should we. We should take our thought life very serious. We should take our actions very serious. In other words, we should put our heart into everything that we're doing. We should do everything wholeheartedly. Like it's a big deal. Because to God, everything you do is a big deal. Why? Because you are a big deal to God. Somebody say, I'm a big deal to God. Yeah, you're not just another brick in the wall. Yeah, you're not just dust in the wind. You didn't just evolve from some kind of scummy thing that rolled up on the beach and grew some legs, you know? You went from the, from the goo to the, to the zoo and then to you. No, 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 thank God. That's not true. That is not you. Think about that lie. That 
People are being taught. They're being taught this lie. They're being told these things. And so people don't feel like they have any value. People don't feel like they're very valuable or very important. And so therefore what we say and what we do is not that big of a deal. But we're getting our minds renewed from this world. We're getting our minds cleaned up. We're getting brainwashed, right? Getting our brains washed with the word of God and understanding how important we are. I mean, we've been created in the image and likeness of God. I mean, God takes everything in his creation serious. You understand? I mean, he told us. He said, there ain't a sparrow that falls to the ground that your father is not aware of. So how much more? The ones that were created in his image and in his likeness. The Bible says he's inscribed us on the palms of his hands. He still carries those nail scars. He's tattooed you on his body. How much more? How much more is he thinking about? How much more? If it's a big deal to God that he's aware of a sparrow falling to the ground, how much more of a big deal are you to him? He's watching over us. I said he's watching over us. He is not unjust. He is not unjust to forget he is not unjust to treat us lightly. He watches over our every step and he makes sure everything is right. So what should you and I be doing? Watching over our every step and making sure what we say, what we do, where we go is right. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 30. Verse 18. Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. And therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Wait on him. He is a God of justice. Justice. And we're talking about justice, that word justice means what is lawfully right, what is due, lawful, right. It also means, of course, judgment. Judgment. But what is judgment? The definition the Lord gave me of judgment is simply reaping what you have sown. In other words, receiving your due. Receiving what is right. That's justice. God is a God of justice. He's not unjust. He's going to make sure you receive what is right. You're going to receive your due. You're going to reap what you have sown. He's going to make sure of that. And we don't have to be, as believers, we don't have to be worried about that. We can get excited about that. Because of everything I've been talking about. If we've missed it, and we've done something that wasn't right, but repented of it, confessed it, he's faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us of it, and remember it no more. But all the good things that we've done, he said, you will not lose your reward. He is not unjust to forget. You are going to get your due. 
you're going to receive your harvest. You're going to reap what you've sown. That's why he says, do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you don't lose heart. Notice, in due season. That's why here he says in Isaiah 30, and talking about being a God of justice, he says, wait, wait. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Be patient. It'll all come to pass. God is not unjust. He's not going to forget. He's going to make it happen. He's going to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. We hear a lot these days about injustice. That means being unfair, inequality, partiality, discrimination. I got good news for you tonight. God is none of those things. He is none of those things. He is not unfair. He is very fair. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17 says, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He shows no partiality. In other words, there's no no favoritism. There's no prejudices. There's no inequality. He's not unfair. He's a God of justice. I said he's a God. He's fair. He does everything by the book. He's lawful. And nothing escapes him. Nothing escapes him. In other words, nobody gets away with anything. Nobody gets away with anything. If you do something good, then you're not just going to get away with not receiving the good you've done. But for those that do evil, God's not unfair. God's not forgetful. Nobody gets away with anything. And we need to understand that. Because a lot of times, you know, you, you look out there in the world, and it just looks like people are getting away with murder. People are getting away with all kinds of crimes and terrible things. You know, you think about some of these riots that just took place. People breaking into stuff, stealing everything to get to, and just running out with smiles on their face, just as excited as it was like Christmas morning. People just running away. And uh, a lot of them just got away with it. Nobody will know who they are. No, someone knows who they are, where they are, and exactly what they've done. And he's not unjust to forget it. God's got a record of all of it. In fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that the day's coming, that people will stand before him. The world will come and stand before God, before this great white throne, and books will be opened. Big books. Books. What are those books? I believe they're the books of everybody's lives. And those books are going to be open. And everybody's, everything people have done is written in those books. Everything. And they're going to go through those books. And people are going to be judged according to their works. 
everything they've done, they're going to reap. People are going to reap what they've sown. Now, that's on the great white throne judgment day, you know, when we all leave our bodies. But there's, God's a God of justice now, too. He's a God of judgment now. He's a God that causes people to reap what they've sown in this life, too. Not just in the afterlife. We see over in 1 Timothy chapter 5, and in verse 23, the Bible says, No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and for your frequent infirmities. I'm not sure why I included 23 in this discussion, but he's not telling you to go drink wine. He's talking about adding a little wine to your water to kill the bacteria in it, especially when you're overseas on a missions trip. That's right. You go to a foreign country, you better eat that bottled water or have a little wine. No. Have something to go, a little alcohol, put something to put in there to kill that bacteria in that water, see? So it doesn't make you sick. The water doesn't make you sick. That's what he's talking about there. He's not talking about just drinking wine. Verse 24. Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment. But those of some men follow later. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. The CJB translation of that last verse says, Likewise, good deeds are obvious, and even when they are not, they can't stay hidden. They can't stay hidden. So some things, you know, are evident, obvious now, and, and brings forth Judgment or rewards. Bad things bring forth judgment. Good things bring forth rewards. And he's talking about in this life. And then also after this life, there's a judgment. The Bible tells us that you and I are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. See, as believers, we're not going to stand before the great white throne judgment. Because we've made Jesus the Lord of our life. So, we are the righteousness of God in him and through him because of him not because of our works right we're not going by our own works our own works could not earn us a place in the presence of God in heaven so that's why those that have rejected the Lord Jesus they're going to have to rely strictly upon their works on judgment day and it's not going to be pretty because nobody's going to measure up Nobody's going to measure up. No matter how good they might have been, the evil will always outweigh the bad. Because people apart from Jesus are sinners by nature. By nature, the Bible says they're children of wrath. Children of disobedience. Sons of disobedience. So there's, there's no one that's going to be found righteous by being judged based on their own works. That's why we needed a Savior. That's why we needed Jesus. Apart from him, we're all in big trouble. But thank God we're not separated from him. Thank God we're a part of him. So much so that he calls us the body 
of Christ. Hallelujah. We're a part of his body. That's how connected we are with him tonight. Man, this is who we are. We are a very special, special people. But the day will come, you and I will stand before him. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and in verse 9. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present with the Lord or absent from him, to be well-pleasing to him. So whether we're in heaven or on earth, our goal is to please him. We want to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this is about believers now. Must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. That's why we're such soul winners. Because we understand the terror of the Lord. We understand his judgments. We understand everything's recorded. Nothing escapes him. He knows everything. He knows everything about everybody. Anything anybody has ever done, he has recorded it. He knows about it. And so therefore, we persuade men, turn to the Lord, turn to God. He shows no partiality in judgment. He is righteous He is just, and people will reap what they have sown. So therefore, get things right with God. Even Christians don't live according to the flesh. Don't set your mind on the things of this world. As we understand the judgment of God, as we understand that he is just and that people will reap everything they have. So Jesus said men will be judged for every idle word that they have spoken. Every word uttered. It's recorded. Understanding the terror of the Lord. That's terrifying. If you live in sin, it's terrifying. If you don't walk right with him, it's terrifying. See, see, you and I need to fear God. We need to fear God. We understand his judgments, that he is so just. He is so right. Nothing escapes him. Nobody gets away with anything. Nobody's getting away with anything. They might get away with it with men. They might escape men. They might escape justice among men. But they'll never escape God's justice system. God's justice system is flawless. He knows everything everybody's done and they'll give an account for it. So that's why we persuade one another. Live holy, even as he is holy. Pay attention. Fear God. Get yourself in the word of God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And if you missed it, get it right. Get down to this altar in the name of Jesus. Get things right. Repent, walk holy, even as he's holy. See, people that don't understand the terror of the Lord, they have no fear of God. They don't understand how just he is. They think a lot of times he's like them, forgetting things, overlooking things, winking at stuff. Like none of it's important to him. And so, you know, God loves me, he's good. Well, I'm a Christian. See, it's not about my works. I'm saved by grace. Absolutely. But... 
You and I will give an account of the things done in our body, whether good or bad. So therefore, if a Christian does bad, he's going to give an account for it unless he takes responsibility for it, repents of it, and turns from it. Otherwise, he's got to give an account for it. So we don't want to be ashamed on that day. He talks about that over in 1 John. We want to live our lives in such a way that we're not ashamed on that day. That we can stand before him. I mean, we're ready to go, man. We're ready to die. We're ready to die physically. We're ready to leave our bodies. We're ready at any time to go because we know we're right with God. We're right with God. We want to live that way. I said we want to live, and we can live that way. Thank God we can live that way because of the grace of God, because of the blood of Jesus, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, because of the word of God that's working in us mightily. We can do it. We can live right. We can live holy. Even as he is holy. We can do it. We can take responsibility for our actions. Thank God. Thank God for that. So we're all going to give an account Before him. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 tells us part of man's problem. Why he continues to do the wrong thing. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 11. It says, because the sentence or punishment or judgment against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. So we know among men, we need to have a justice system that is swift in dealing with crimes, dealing with things that are wrong. We understand that. But with God, how many people know God doesn't execute judgment speedily? He doesn't cause men to reap what they've sown right away because he's long-suffering. And his desire is that men would repent. He wants people to repent. He wants to, he's given people time. You see in the book of Revelation, uh, talking about that woman they call Jezebel, the prophetess in the church. And he said, I gave her time to repent. And those with her. And they're all going to get in trouble if they don't get it right. Why? Because there is a time for judgment. Why? Because God is just. God is just. And in that case too, what she was doing, using her as an example, she was affecting that church. She was affecting those people. So judgment will come quicker because of, the, because of his mercy towards the people that she's affecting. How many want God to have mercy on them? <laughs> Thank God for having mercy on us. One of the ways he has mercy on us is by executing judgment on those who are against us. That would be his mercy towards us. So people have to reap what they've sown for our sake, for our good, for the sake of the righteous. Do you follow that? See? So judgment's a good thing. Justice is a good thing. The law is a good thing to those that want to do good. Those that confess the wrong, they don't want to live wrong, then they love the law. We love justice. Why? It's our protection. It guards us. It helps us. It keeps us on track. We don't kick against it. 
We don't fight against it. We thank God for it. He's a God of justice. You and I are just and righteous. L- and let me read this from the CSB translation, Ecclesiastes 8.11. It says, Because the sentence against an evil act is not carried out quickly, the heart of people is filled with the desire to commit evil. They don't know that they've been caught and that they're in big trouble. You, you need to know, you know, if you do miss it, you need to be very aware that you've been caught. There's no fig leaf that's going to that's gonna hide our wrongs from God. All things are naked and open to him, to the eyes of him and to whom we must give an account. It's all naked and open to him. There's no fig leaves. There's no running and hiding. So if we miss it, we need to be very aware if we missed it. We say something, maybe with our heads, we're not thinking anything wrong. We say it, we go out of bounds a little bit. We know. It's called discernment, right? We're sensitive. We're aware. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Caught. Caught on tape. God's watching. He's aware of this. So what do we do when we know we've been caught? Confess. (laughs) Right? Confess. Repent. So if we know we've been caught, then we're not going to continue in doing the wrong thing. See? We're going to be quick to get out of that. Because there's no getting away with it. Because he's aware of it. Just because he didn't come down with the mallet immediately and say... Guilty. Wham. Instant harvest. Don't mean it won't happen. It will happen. Thank God for the song, Yes, Jesus Loves Me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Is that true? Oh, man, it's true. But you know what's also true? Yes, Jesus will judge me. Yes, Jesus will judge me. Yes, Jesus will judge me. The Bible tells me so. So why are you saying this tonight? Because of the terror of the Lord, I persuade men. See, the world is chaotic because they don't know him. But you and I know him. And so with you and I, there is law and order. There is law and order. The world is growing more and more lawless because they're getting further and further from him. But we understand lawlessness leads to bondage. Lawlessness leads to oppression. Lawlessness is not liberty. It is oppression. That's what it is. But... Doing things lawfully brings about liberty, freedom, and justice for all. Justice for all. The ERV translation. Sometimes people are not immediately punished for the bad things they do. Their punishment is slow to to come. 
And that makes other people want to do bad things too. Another way of looking at it. Other people are emboldened by the bad actions of people. See? The H E H V translation. When the sentence for a crime is not carried out quickly, people's hearts are emboldened to do evil. So we understand God's justice system works. It's flawless. There is absolutely no corruption in it whatsoever. God is a God of justice. Do we understand that? So never think, well, oh, man, they're just getting away with it. I can't believe they just get, people are getting away with that. People just, nobody, nobody gets away with anything. Nobody. You know what? That's comforting to me. I like that. I like that. Because I'm not looking to get away with anything. Now, if you're looking to get away with stuff, then that might make you uncomfortable. And it should. Hopefully, it'll make you so uncomfortable that you no longer want to try to get away with stuff. Hopefully, it'll change you. Get your mind renewed and realize, God's got you, man. The whole thing's on video. You're caught. Whole thing. You got the whole thing. And if you don't repent of that, he's going to judge you for it. And he's not going to show any partiality. No partiality whatsoever. Yeah, but it's me. You know, it's me. Jesus, you know, you and me. No partiality. No favoritism. What he does to one, he does to all. But that's good too. I said, that's good too. See, it helps us, helps us to know exactly where he is, where God is at, so that there's no confusion in our life. And now we can just do what is right. Just do the right thing. There's nothing else to do. When you know you ain't getting away with anything, you might just go ahead and do the right thing. Why wouldn't somebody do the right thing? Why would they lie? Why would they steal? Why would they cheat? There's only one reason. They think they can get away with it. They think they're going to get... Nobody gets away with anything. See? So that's encouraging. Right? That encourages us to not try to get away with anything because we know it's hopeless. <laughs> it's hopeless. Why bother? Why even try? Snagged. Caught. Oh, but thank God when we know we've been caught because we know him. Thank God we can get out of the handcuffs really quick. We don't need to be walking around cuffed. Right? We don't have to walk around with our heads down like prisoners, like people in bondage. Now, thank God, you and I can walk around free indeed. Hallelujah. Free indeed. Why? Because we have the key. We've got the key. We've got the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We can just go ahead and unclick the thing. It's kind of like those... Um, Handcuffs for kids, you know. I used to have handcuffs, and uh, and uh, you put them on somebody and lock them. But there was a little little lever off to the side. If you knew about the lever, you just take your thumb and unlock the thing. So you really hope the person didn't know that. But most of them figured it out pretty quick. 
He could just, well, that's how it is. See, see the handcuffs that, that are put on us is this little, little lever next to it. It's called Jesus. It's the Jesus lever, see? So we just, we just Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you for washing me, Lord. I repent of that. Thank you so much. Praise God. Hallelujah. Free. Freedom's easy. Free it quite because his, his mercies are so great. His mercies are so awesome. Such a merciful God, but yet just a God of judgment. See, people get this confused. They just think, mercy, mercy, mercy. And judgment went out with the last Moses. You know, judgment went out with the Old Testament. You know, it's just all mercy, mercy, mercy. And they think they just live in the flesh and everything's mercy and everything's great. Now, if you're going to live in the flesh, then you're, not, then you're not living in his grace. You're not living in his mercy because his grace, his mercy isn't a mess. And if you're living in a mess, you're not living in his mercy and in his grace. If you're living in his mercy and grace, you see the mess and you get out of it. You repent of the mess. You repent of the mess. And if you slip in the mess, you know, I'm in a mess. And what do you do? You reach for mercy and grace and you get out of the mess. But if you're just sitting in the mess, like a little piggy in mud, and just going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is so wonderful. And you're like a little piggy in mud, you're in trouble. You're going you're gonna to have to, you're going to have to be held accountable for all of it, all the mud, all the mud that you're kicking up and, and splashing on other people and all the lives you're affecting. You're going to give an account for all that, see? No, no, no. Mercy and grace, see, that's not in the mess. That's the, that's the means out of the mess. People think that, well, I have mercy and grace in the mess. No, <laughs> you don't have mercy and grace in the mess. You have mercy and grace right here outside the mess saying, come on out of the mess. Now just reach up and take it. It's right here. By faith, just receive the mercy. Oh, yeah. And come right out of the mess. And then he just hoses you down and cleans you up. Thank God. Thank God. He's a God of justice. He's a God of judgment. He's a God of mercy. So he gives us time. But let's not treat that lightly. Let's not... Uh, not esteem that, recognize how he's given us mercy and let's grab it, right? Let's just, let's grab his mercy and not, not take it for granted. We're going to take it for granted. Can you say amen? Psalm 97, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. That's where I was going to stop. But a fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. I am so glad I am not his enemy. I am not his enemy. You are not his enemy. If you're living in his righteousness, if you have faith in his grace... You're a part of his family. You're a part of the body of Christ. We're not his enemies, but notice what happens to his enemies. And who are his enemies? Those that make themselves 
his enemy. Reject him. Kick against him. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness. And all the peoples see his glory. Oh, I want to see his glory. I want to see his glory. How many want to see his glory? Oh, the awesomeness of the Almighty. Well, seeing his glory, walking in his glory, experiencing his awesomeness is directly connected to his justice, his judgment. Directly connected to that. He's a God of justice. He's a God of judgment. So when we're talking about revival, we're talking about the fire of God. We're talking about a great awakening. We're talking about a move of the Holy Spirit. When we're talking about manifestations of the awesomeness of God and the glory of God coming in, I got news for you. It's connected to his judgments. It's connected to his justice system. He is a God of justice. So if we're going to have that, we have to be lawful. We have to do things right. Amen? That's key to us seeing the glory of God in manifestation in our midst. We can't just be fleshy and carnal and expect the glory of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Lots and lots more we could say about these things. But we'll conclude it there for tonight. But we got some things. Say God knows everything. Nothing escapes him. Nobody gets away with anything. Everyone's going to reap what they've sown. I'm going to reap good things because I sow good things. And I receive mercy for all the things that I've ever done wrong because I receive the mercy of God into my life. Amen. What is mercy? You not reaping the bad things you've sown. That's what mercy is. You're not reaping the bad things you've sown. But in order for that to happen, you have to do things lawfully. You have to come to Jesus, and you have to confess and repent. And when you do that, then you're legally, through the blood of Jesus, washed clean and right in the sight of God. Amen. Hallelujah. See, it all had to be done right. God couldn't just forgive us. He had to justify us. He had to justify us by coming and legally taking our sins upon himself. Taking the punishment for our sins upon upon himself. He had to do that in order for you to be forgiven legally. It was no small thing. So therefore, we never treat it lightly. We are so grateful for Jesus. We're grateful for the cross. We're grateful for his blood. We're grateful for his mercy. We're so grateful for his patience. He is so good to us. He's working with us. Amen. We don't take that lightly. We don't take that lightly. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand on your feet with me. Let's thank God tonight. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. 
While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.